his works, whichever you want to put it. Um, because the New Testament talks quite a bit about faith. It also talks about works, particularly Paul and James. Now, some might say that Paul and James had different views on faith and works because the Apostle Paul, he talked a lot about faith. And he said this in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. The Apostle Paul said, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So in other words, what he is saying, he's making it very clear, very plain, that no one can get into the kingdom of God through works. Your good works, no matter how good you are, no matter how good a person you are, no matter how many old ladies you help across the road, no matter how much food you give to the poor and the sick and visiting people, it doesn't matter. You can't get into the kingdom of God, into heaven, into his presence by good works. That's what Paul is saying. Then James says in James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18, he says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no works or deeds? Can such faith save them? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have faith works or deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith by my works. So you say, he's saying that works actually complement faith. And a lot of people have, have felt that perhaps they were contradicting each other. Perhaps James was actually saying, look, don't listen to what Paul is saying. Works actually matter. And I went right back in my studies and had a look at Martin Luther. He began the, the Protestant Reformation. And he began the Protestant Reformation back in 1517. In, well, on October the 31st, actually, in 1517, is when he nailed his 95 Theses to the, to the door of the Catholic Church in, in Germany. And... His, his complaints to the Catholic Church were this, because they were all listed complaints on what he felt was wrong with the, the church at that time. And one of them was that they didn't have to pay the priests. They would pay priests so that they could have a prayer said over them, so that they could be forgiven for their sins. The, the church was very reliant at that time on good works to gain salvation. Go and do this. And then you'll be forgiven. Your works will save you. And Martin Luther, reading through Scripture, when he read it um, and interpreted it for himself, he realized that we are saved by grace through faith. And that was his big protest. And that's when the church came out of the, the Catholic Church. And that is when the Protestant Church, because they protested, that's when the Protestant Church began. Then out of the Protestant church became the, the non-conformists. They weren't conforming to all the rules and regulations. So I suppose we are part of the non-conformist. I don't know if anything's come out of this. I don't know. But 
One thing is true, is that we are saved by faith, not of works. In fact, Martin Luther, I didn't realize this, but when he read the book of James, he actually didn't want it contained in the original canon because he believed that it was contradicting what he was saying and what Paul was saying. And he felt that it should not be contained in the original canon of the Bible that we have right now. James thinks it's impossible that someone can genuinely have saving faith without works. If a person just says that they have faith, he says, and fail to show any outworking, is that really saving faith? Is that really faith? You see, James was writing to Christian Jews. They had a, a background of Judaism, but now they found saving faith. They found faith in Christ Jesus. But a lot of them were still thinking that they had to work hard and do things to get into the kingdom. It was a, a lot of what they did that got them into the kingdom. And, and some people still feel that, like that today. It's what they do that gets them in. And if they don't do enough of it, they might not get into the kingdom at all. And on the other hand, there are some that think they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is come and worship and read God's Word and be good people. That's all they have to do. They don't have to do anything else. They don't have to evangelize. They don't have to go out and, and tell people. They don't have to do anything. They can just come and do this. And those are the two extremes. But we've got to meet in the middle there. And that's what I want to talk about. You see, James does not contradict Paul at all. In fact, he clarifies what saving faith is. Saving faith will always be accompanied by good works. Paul was a, a high flyer at the time. He was very well respected amongst the apostles and the elders of the church. As it's been established, he was planting churches. And his word and what he said and, and his writings and his letters, they were very, very well respected. He was a very educated man. And on the other hand, James was equally as respected. James was the brother of, of Jesus. At first, James didn't believe, but then he came to believe later on. But he was very well respected. He knew things and he had insights that others didn't. He was one of the lead apostles later on in the, in the early church. And if you read through Acts 15, you see when it was called the, the Council of Jerusalem. This is a bit of uh, biblical history here. You might not go into this in your normal readings, but have a look at Acts 15. It was when Paul and Barnabas, I believe it was, met all the elders of the church and all the apostles to discuss some things that were going wrong in the early church. Some of the Jews were saying that they still had to abide by certain laws, and Paul was saying, no, we don't need to abide by those laws, and so they were having a bit of an argument. So they set up this church council of all the movers and shakers at the time. 
James was there, Paul was there, Peter was there, all the apostles were there, all the elders, the leaders of the church, they were all there. It was called the Council of Jerusalem. Now, why am I saying this? Because the two important people speaking was Paul and James. If you look at verse 19, after Paul had done his presentation, we're looking at Acts 15, and if you look at verse 19, James actually actually made the judgment. James made the decision. And he said, this is what we will do. So he was standing up amongst all of these people, the movers and shakers of the time, and he made the judgment. So he was very well respected. So we can't just dismiss what James is saying. Their writings are both as significant as the other, Paul and James. This is a saying which I came across in my studies, and I, and I, I want to use it as a tagline. It's this, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. You like that? If Jim was you, I'd say, put it on a t-shirt. Oh, he's probably got to win it on a t-shirt in heaven anyway. Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. That faith never comes alone. It has works, good works with it. It will come out of it. Paul said these couple of verses in different places. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Then he said this, Titus 3 and verse 8, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. So you see, Paul was not dismissing good works. He's not dismissing service. He's not dismissing good deeds and the things that we do and saying faith trumps it all. He was saying, just like James was saying, with that faith comes good works. It's the fruit of faith. So what I want to do just for a few more moments is actually look what the definition of good works is. What do, what do what do we mean when we're talking about good works? What do we mean when we talk about deeds? It's anything that is pleasing to God. Anything which is upright in His sight. Anything that is honorable to Him. You see, Christ is the root and the works is the fruit. So Christ in us and then it has to come out of us. What did Paul say when we believe? In Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. He said, when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. There's an inward action, believe in your heart, with an outward action. And you confess with your mouth. Something happens inside and something has to come out. It's, it's a two-way thing. What happens inside, the fruit of it comes out of us. Good works are Christians living a sacrificial life before God. Romans 12. Live a sacrificial life. Good works are a witness to unsaved, to those around us. 
this was a command from Jesus. Go and preach the gospel. Tell people. That's us outworking what is inside. Good works are our example to fellow believers. Titus 2 and verse 7 says, when we, when we show others and we encourage others and we are an example to others, that's good works. It's maintaining good works. Good works are a, are a means by which we minister to others. When we minister and we do the things of the Lord, it encourages others. Those are good works. Titus 3 and verse 14 says, Learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others. Sometimes we've got to learn these things. Sometimes they don't automatically come natural to us. We have to learn these things. It should be inside us. And the more we put these things into practice, the more we will be good at them, the more they will come out of us. But we can't stifle what is inside us. It's like burying that talent in the ground. When, when the master gave the servants these, these gifts, these talents, we know the story, one buried it. We can't bury something. What, what the Lord has given us, it has to come out. So it's faith and works together. It's not one or the other. I'm going to read some verses from Matthew 25 after I've had a sip of this water. If I can balance it there. Yeah, I will be able to. That'd be good. I'm going to get a table one day and just stick it over here. Maybe next week. Cut that off the table. Matthew 25, verse 31 to 46. These are famous verses. We know them. And this is what Jesus said. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, remember these are righteous people now, these are believers, they love the Lord. Then these righteous ones will say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. So, the righteous didn't even know, they were not aware that they were doing this for Jesus when they were doing it for others. It just shows that there was a purity of heart in what the righteous were doing here. They were helping others. They wanted to give. They wanted to show mercy. They wanted to help. But it came from inside them. They weren't saying, right, let's do this now because this is going to be good for God and he's going to be a, a little tick in my box. They weren't doing it for that reason. They were doing it simply because something was deposited inside them and they wanted to do that. Yes, you could say that people do that anyway. 
But when the Lord puts this inside us, it gives you an extra wanting, needing, realization. The Bible talks about let this mind be in Christ. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. So we start to think like Him, behave like Him. Our example is Jesus. So all these bits of Him rub off on us. And we don't even realize it, but it wells up from within us, and it has to come out. It has to come out. So I'm, what I'm saying, basically, is you can't just sit around in your salvation and do nothing. We had a showcase last week of things that we are doing in the city as a church. And it, when I'm talking about works and when... The apostles are talking about works here. It doesn't mean that just you've got to do some stuff in your, in your local church. It means in our daily life. Everything we do is unto the Lord. But you saw last week a lot of the, the passion. When you saw people talking, they were passionate about what they were talking about. They were passionate about the areas in which they, they were working. Why? Because there's something being deposited there. And if you talk to any one of them, they wouldn't just say, yeah, we're doing this. We're doing this uh, because it's, it's good brownie points with Jesus, you know. They say, no, I want to do it because I want to help these people. I want to deposit something in these children. I want to do this because I want to reach people, the community. It's something inside that has to come out. You see, our faith doesn't come on its own. It comes with good works. They come out of us. If you're only doing good because you think it will help you get into the kingdom, mistake. Because Paul's already said that. There's nothing good that we can do to get us there. Good works mean every aspect of our life, our thinking, our conduct, everything. Do you know, I was thinking of this, just praying on this just before I came out and just spending some time with the Lord. And this good works in our own life, it means not being a hypocrite to ourselves. Because sometimes we can do stuff to make ourselves feel good. And we think we've ticked a few boxes. Outwardly looks good. Outwardly looks holy. Outwardly is is great, and everybody says, wow, what a great man, woman of God that person is. But inwardly, we know that certain things are not right. We might not be doing it with the right attitude. We might not feel as holy as we look. And actually, what we're doing is being a hypocrite to ourselves. Again, it's all about that attitude of heart. Yes, we do fall occasionally. But God does not turn away a, a true repentant heart. And it's time we, we did look at ourselves. This is why every time we come to, to that communion table, Paul said, examine yourselves. What are your motives? Why do you do what you do? Why do you say what you say? Why do you go where you go? And this is why sometimes when when good people who love the Lord, the righteous, when they do fall, it hurts. It really hurts. 
you know, I know from experience, Lord, I've done something wrong again, said something, you know, whatever it is, and it hurts. But the Lord knows that. But He doesn't turn away a true repentant heart when you come to Him. So this, this good living, these good works, it means every part of our lives. It means our secret life, our own life. This is why David said, when he prayed, Lord, forgive me of the secret things in my life that no one else knows about, but I know about. I don't want to be a hypocrite to myself. And David was like that. No one else knows this. They, they see me, the king. They see me, this man after God's own heart. But he said, forgive me of those secret things. This also falls into the category of good works. It's your your mind, your con, your conduct. That psalm that was read earlier, Psalm 139, that has been on my heart all week. Talked about it in prayer meeting. We talked about it in our link group on Thursday. Those two final verses of Psalm 139 that David wrote. Wow. If you're talking about good works, if you're talking about being a good person, if you're talking about outworking something that's inside you, you have to be able to pray this prayer. These are the verses. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything that offends you. Remember we, we said, what's the definition of good works? It's things that, that, that please Him, not things that offend Him. And to be able to say to God, search me, test me, know my heart. This is what David was like all over. He says, look, I look great on the outside, but I want you to look at my heart. I don't want to just be doing things because it looks okay, it feels okay. I, I, I want to be working, outworking something which is pure inside me. It takes a brave person to be able to pray that prayer. Because when we pray that prayer, God's going to go, okay, you want me to point some things out? And the things that, when he points some things out, we've got to do something about it. I don't think you, I don't think you would ever go to one of your friends, sat here and go, okay, point out all my bad points, will you? Tell me, tell me where I go wrong. Tell me all what's wrong with me. It's not the type of thing we do. But if we want to live this life before Him, we need to be able to say it to Him. Be able to take what He says back to us. Good works doesn't mean just caring for the poor, but it means having this godly attitude towards everybody. It's not just, oh, I just care for these people. I don't care about them, but, you know. And we can all be a little bit like that. And I'm guilty of it sometimes. We all are. It's all about attitude of heart again. Good works mean not just giving to the work of the ministry, but giving truly out of love to those who need it. Truly and lovingly from an attitude of heart again. It's not just giving out Bibles, but it's living the pages of the Bible. It's, it's, it's outworking of what is in there. 
And this is what Paul and James were explaining. They were saying, look, yeah, you've got faith, but show me your works. Because through that faith, your works should be coming. Yes, we get salvation through faith, but then that produces works. We are called and we're equipped to save. I'm going to read something from Ephesians 4. Verse 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the pastors, to equip his people for works of service. Underline that bit. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So Christ gave prophets, he gave evangelists, he gave pastors, he gave teachers, he gave apostles to build up the church, to equip them, to give them the right tools for works of service. So in other, word, in other words, me speaking today as the pastor or a teacher, I'm giving you the right tools to go and work. That's what Paul is saying. And so every one of us has to have uh, be equipped and have the tools to go and work and bring people into the kingdom. That's why these gifts are given. So part of my job and what I'm doing right now is equipping you, giving you tools. What, just to wave them around in here? Way. No. Is to take them out and do something with them. It's horrible trying to do a job without the right tools, isn't it? Have you ever done that? I do it all the time. I got a very limited tool selection. And I remember a few years ago when I was doing my deck, repairing my deck, my screwdriver thing, you know, the electric didn't work. Mm, mistake. All I had was a hand screwdriver. And I must have done hundreds of these screws by hand. Talk about blisters. Talk about I couldn't move my hand. In the end, I could, I could, I could hardly hold on to the screwdriver because I had the wrong tools. I should have had the easy. So when I come to do it again, just recently, no, I learned my lesson. Get the right tools. I remember when we could used to work on cars. We can't work on cars anymore. Karen's car last week had something wrong with it, wasn't running properly, took it into the garage, they plugged it into a computer, changed the software, pulled it back out, drove away, perfect. Can't do that, can we? But in the days when I could used to work on cars, I wanted to change the, the brakes. And I could see the nut. It was, it was in like a little funnel. But I could not get the, the uh, spanner in there. So I rang up Ford. It was a Ford. I said, what's, what's going on? Oh, you need a special tool for that one, sir. I had to go and buy this special tool. It was about that long. So they could put it in and undo it. You need the tools for the job. You have to have the right tools to do the right job. Otherwise, it's a botched job. Otherwise, it's difficult. As people, as the body of Christ, we have to have the right tools. It's no good you going out and trying to bring people into the kingdom or or express your faith if you haven't got the tools. So this is why Christ has said, I've put gifts in the church. And part of their ministry is to equip people, to give them tools 
to go for works of service. So here's some tools today to go and work. That's what's happening. Every time we come together, every time we have a Bible study, every time we, someone gets up and teaches, every, every time someone gives a, a, a word, every time we, we are in our groups, in our home groups, and we are building each other up, we are equipping each other constantly so that we can possess things like love, peace, joy, kindness. All of these things will be out, come in from something that's inside us. All our gifts, all our talents will be encouraged and built upon. Why? All to bring people into the kingdom of God. Through our faith. Through something that's happened to us. Yeah, it's hard work. And it can be hard work. But the Christian life is not all about just sitting back, waving a few tools in the air on a Sunday, singing a few good songs, Work is hard. It's hard work. And for those of us who've, who are a bit older and have, and have worked all our lives, it's hard. And don't expect the, the works of service to be any different. It's hard work sometimes. But that's what service is. We are called to works of service. But those works of service will not get us into the kingdom. They complement our faith. It's pleasing to God. Jesus said this. I'm just coming to an end. Matthew 5, verse 16. Jesus speaking. He said, "Let in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He didn't say that these good deeds will get you to heaven. He's saying let others see them. He's talking about people who are following them. He's talking about people following him, sorry. And let your light shine. The shining of the light is the gospel. The shining of the light is the good news. And let people see the good things that you do. So be a good person. Do things. And when people say, why are you doing that? Why are you helping that? It's because I love you. I want to help you. I want to do this. And then it's an opportunity to speak about Jesus. I love some of those verses in the scripture where people have come to him and said, look, here I am. Use me. In my workplace, use me. In my community, use me. In my family, use me. And the good that we are doing, we don't even know. We're not ticking boxes. We're not doing it for brownie points with, with our, our Father in heaven. We're not doing that. We're doing it because out of a genuine heart of love and compassion for others, to bring them into the kingdom. We want to help. We want to do. We want to work. There are works of service that, are, that come along with our faith. Faith doesn't come alone. It comes with works of service as well. And this is the message I want to bring. I've got more to say on this next week. Um, but let's pray right now. Lord, 
as we look at your word, we realize that there are those that have called into your kingdom. There are those that are called into certain areas and gifts and talents. But Lord, we are all called to works of service. Lord, we all have a gift or an ability in, in certain areas. Some of us are better at one thing than another. But Lord, we can all speak about you. And Lord, I just pray that each one of us will realize those things that you want us to do. Lord, if it's just speaking to someone in our workplace, if it's just helping someone, if it's just being that kind word, if it's just that encouragement, Lord, just reveal that to us. Let it be part of our character. Lord, let it be part of our personalities that people are, are drawn to us. That, Lord, our sphere of influence, Lord, will have, have people drawn inside it. And when they're there, they will see Jesus. Lord, we want people to be able to see, hear, and feel Jesus in us. And so, Lord, as we have given our hearts and our lives to you through faith, Lord, along with that faith, comes works of service, right from our very own mind and our very own hearts, right out to everyone else. What's inside us has to come out. And so, Lord, please help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you.